This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, we'll be sitting down with Christy Meyer from the American Heart Association and Suzanne Gale from MB. That's all coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. I'm being joined by the Chief Development Officer, Suzanne Gale. Hey, Suzanne, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, let's just dive right into it. For those who may not be familiar, tell us what MB is all about. MB's mission is to empower women and families to enrich their lives. We serve over 12,000 members of our community each year, so that's a that's a very large number. So I think when you start talking about MB and everything that we have to offer for our community, I think people realize that they're probably connected more to MB than they think. Me having a little bit of experience with MB, I volunteered there for a couple of years now. There are four pillars that MB be embodies. Can you tell us what those four pillars are? Our four pillars that we really focus on is first would be child care. And so we support families with daycare during the day, after school care, summer care. And we support, you know, over 800 children in our community. We do have three locations. I think sometimes people don't realize that as well. We have our downtown location, we have our south location, and we do have a location in Mitchell. So we serve quite a few children. The second pillar would be youth. So we focus a lot on youth development. You know, there's a lot of mental health with our our young kids these days. And so we're always looking for programs that can support our youth. Our third pillar is women. So we focus a lot on women. A lot of times people don't realize that Dress for Success, which is a, a national organization, we actually run that through MB here. And that really focuses on getting women back into the workforce, helping women succeed if they want a job change. Within women's programming, we do women's leadership programs. And I think what's really fun about that program as well is it's not solely focused on, you know, your job, but it's really focusing on yourself. And then our last pillar is our family pillar, which right now we have aquatics in our family pillar. A lot of People don't realize either that the downtown pool has been around for a really long time. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think within our aquatics program, we certify more lifeguards in the state. We're really focused on helping smaller communities that have community pools. How can we help them support in hiring lifeguards and training lifeguards and just really teaching water safety? Why don't you tell us more about the programs that MB offers? Girls on the Run and talking more about youth programs. I think if you've ever thought about volunteering mm-hmm. for Girls on the Run, you do not have to be an expert runner. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you just, that is not what you need to be. You just need to be a person that is really willing to step in and, you know, teach these young girls about, um, you know, healthy eating, um, you know, viewing themselves in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to Girls on the Run that it's just so much more than just running um, with these young women. So, 
you know, something exciting with our youth programs is we are launching a new collective and it's called Rise to Raise. And this program is really going to focus on middle school girls and high school girls. And the the idea behind it is to really inspire and elevate young women in our community. And so we're kicking off that initiative this summer with a boot camp for middle school girls called the Changemaker Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. And this is to inspire girls to use their voice. Um, to make change in our communities. So once the boot camp gets done in the summer, then in the fall, we'll have a Changemaker Academy. And this will be um, a time for girls to work together in action teams to identify and plan a project around a community um, issue. And then focusing more on the high school girls, this is really exciting. Um, We are going to do a rise to raise leadership program and it's really modeled after our women's leadership program but will be you know more for our high school young women and it's a chance for them to really think about their future goals um, to network with leaders to meet mentors in a field that they're Mm -hmm. interested in Um, so I think it's just really exciting things happening in our youth programs and um, really focusing on positive mental health leadership teamwork, things like that. It's stuff that's going to carry on for the next hundred years. And speaking about that, Emmy just celebrated its 100th anniversary this past September. And that's an accomplishment in itself. That's a huge accomplishment. Can you tell us what women and families were facing? The story is just amazing when you think back that a hundred years ago, a, a group of women got together. And, you know, at that time, they established the Young Women's Christian Organization. So the wide WCA of Sioux Falls. And really, it was to promote growth and service through physical, social, mental, and spiritual training. And all of those things, I think, still hold true today, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like you said, 100 years, that's amazing for an an organization Mm -hmm. to continue to work towards that mission. Um, You know, MB's mission was the first of its kind to be incorporated in the state of South Dakota, which I think is phenomenal as well. And at that time, we were welcoming any woman or girl 12 years of age or older, regardless of race, uh, to become a member. And it was really a mission to provide each woman the space and opportunities to recognize um, their inherent power and develop unique abilities. So I just, it's fun to say that story because, you know, still we are always looking at what the community needs and how we need to shift or, you know, add additional programs to really help women and families and youth succeed in our community. If you are just listening, I'm being joined in the studio with Suzanne Gale. She is the Chief Development Officer with MB. You have a lot of different (coughs) events going on throughout the year. One is about to take place Thursday, March 2nd. It's a breakfast, and it's called In Her Shoes Empowerment Breakfast. What is this all about? We are really excited for this event to happen. It hasn't been in person for a couple years, Mm -hmm. so we're excited to bring our community together again And to just really hear stories of impact, we'll have women who are part of all of our programs 
really talk about what the impact of the programs have been for them um, in their life and personally. I think it's just a great opportunity for anyone, really. It's not just for women, um, but to really learn and understand what MB does and what we have to offer for women of any age or any stage, they are welcome. Can you tell us about the keynote speaker that's going to be at the breakfast, too? Yes, we are really excited. So we have Angelica Mercado Ford. So Angelica is originally from Mexico, and she has received national recognition for her art, her poetry, and work as a community advocate. Um, Her story is so powerful, and it will just be a wonderful story to hear that morning. Her her story really focuses on womanhood, on migration, cultural awareness, and just a sense of belonging. And professionally, she dedicates her time as an educator and a head debate coach here in Sioux Falls. There's a lot of excitement and information that's going to be at this breakfast. What's the goal for anyone who attends this event? You know, what are you hoping that everyone gains from this breakfast? I'm really hoping that they just, they gain more knowledge about MB and what we do for for our community. I think, you know, 80% of our women's programs that we offer are free. So events like these, Mm. this is when we need people to purchase tickets, uh, make a donation, businesses to sponsor the event. All of that for this event will help us continue to offer those programs for free. What are some other volunteer opportunities with MB? Any other events that you guys have coming up? So Tribute to Women was always in April, Mm -hmm. and we made the decision to move that to the fall. So you'll be seeing that come out in October. We have lots of volunteer opportunities with Dress for Success and Mm -hmm. any of those programs that we offer as far as being a mentor, um, helping with job applications, helping with resumes, things like that. We also have lots of volunteer opportunities within our youth programs as well. You know, with Girls on the Run, Girls (laughs) on the Run, we're always looking for volunteers to help with our first Lego League. Um, And again, you don't have to be an engineer or super great with Legos (laughs) (laughs) to be part of um, supporting a team with first Lego League. We have our MB5K coming up. So that's when we really celebrate the girls and and their accomplishment through the season. So there's volunteer opportunities with that as well. Once again, Suzanne Gale, she is the Chief Development Officer with MB. Now, Suzanne, before we let you go, where can people find out more information about MB? And more importantly, what about that ticket information if they do want to attend that breakfast? Sure. So if you want to learn more about MB, I would suggest going to our website. So that's MB.org. It's E-M-B-E dot org. If you're looking for more information on our In Her Shoes event, you can go to events and click on In Her Shoes and you'll be able to purchase tickets right there. So the event, again, just to let you know, the date is March 2nd. It'll be at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. Tickets right now are $50. And if you wait, which we hope you don't wait to purchase your ticket. You can purchase tickets at the door and that will be $60. Okay, awesome. Once again, it's Suzanne Gale with MB. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me.
We have Chrissy Meyer from the American Heart Association here in the Sioux Falls area joining us right now in the studio. Hey, Chrissy, good morning. Good morning. So much to talk about for this yeah. month. Let's start at the beginning. What is the American Heart Association? Yeah, so the American Heart Association is really kind of the largest nonprofit devoted to heart and brain health mm-hmm. in the country. So our mission is to work relentlessly toward a world of longer, healthier lives. And so we focus, um, you know, pretty exclusively on, you know, improving health, um, but really specifically looking at heart and brain health, dealing with, you know, cardiovascular Mm -hmm. diseases, but then also stroke, which um, plays kind of a role in that as well. How does this organization impact the community on a local level? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people don't really know that the American Heart Association touches their lives in so many ways Mm -hmm. in this community. I would say the first and foremost piece of it is that we are one of the largest funders of heart and stroke research outside of the federal government. And everyone benefits from that, right? Like you and I, we both benefit from that research that has been done. Um, Anyone who has a pacemaker has benefited from heart health research. Anyone who has seen information on how they can be healthier has seen our heart health research. So that's kind of one of the biggest impacts. Additionally, we also work within health systems Mm -hmm. to improve the quality of care for heart and stroke patients. So you know that when you walk into a hospital that works with the American Heart Association that you're being treated according to the latest research, the latest Mm -hmm. guidelines, and you're going to have incredible care because they're focusing on treating you with those guidelines. Locally here too, we obviously do some fundraising events to mm-hmm. help fund pieces of that mission. We also do a lot of educational programming. We work within schools with our Kids Heart Challenge. We also just are working at the state and local level on policy work to ensure that our environment around us is shaped to help us live our longest, healthiest life possible. There are a lot of different programs that the American Heart Association offers. Mm -hmm. In a local perspective, what are those programs? In a rough estimate, how many people would you say benefit from those? Yeah, people that benefit is anyone who has a heart. So if you have (laughs) one of those, then you are benefiting from the programs in the American Heart Association. So I highlighted some of the, you know, the research and the quality kinds of things, you know, more specifically, I mentioned, you know, we do work in schools with our Kids Heart Challenge. That's Mm -hmm. a, a whole health program that really teaches kids um, from a young age, elementary, all the way through high school on ways that they can be heart healthy, um, resisting tobacco, learning about um, right now we're really focusing on CPR Mm -hmm. with kids um, and teaching them that they can save a life. So that's one program that we have in schools across the state. In addition, we do have fundraising events here locally, and those fundraising events also duplicate as educational events Mm -hmm. as well. So, for example, we host um, the Go Red for Women event Mm -hmm. every year in the Sioux Falls market. That event already has taken place for this year, but that is a great opportunity for women specifically to learn about their heart health. And then in the fall, we host our Heart Walk events, which is really focused on physical activity Mm -hmm. and getting people moving. February is a huge month for mm-hmm. you guys. We already talked about it at the beginning, and it's really focusing on your heart health, aka heart month. Mm-hmm. 
Talk about some of those numbers locally and then nationally. Well, it is the number one killer. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Um, and we just did have um, our statistical update that just came out um, every year around this time. They release the data, um, you know, looking at how cardiovascular disease has been impacting. And the latest figures come to us from 2020. And it shows that, you know, yes, cardiovascular disease, even in 2020, mm-hmm. which was the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, heart disease was still the number one killer. That was the first year that we saw COVID enter into the top, you know, the top causes of death, but heart disease was still number one. And in fact, the really scary news is that we're seeing heart disease deaths increase for Mm -hmm. the first time in decades. For so long, we were doing such a good job, you know, with the science and technology and people being able to take better control of their health. Um, We were seeing those deaths decline. But um, what we saw was the total number of cardiovascular related deaths actually increased from 2019 Mm -hmm. to 2020. But what's even more telling is that it's that age-adjusted mortality rate that increased for the first time in many years. And what that does is that takes into consideration a total population, which you might have a lot of older Mm -hmm. adults in that group. And so when we adjust for the total number of older adults, you know, we had always seen a decline in the number of deaths. But what we're seeing for the first time in decades is that that number is significantly increasing. And, you know, that is definitely a piece of that COVID-19 pandemic, we think, Mm -hmm. because people during that time had, you know, maybe less healthy habits. We couldn't go to the gym. Gyms were closed. Mm -hmm. Um, We were, you know, eating comfort food at home. We were not, um, you know, none of us were probably sleeping very well. There were a lot of things in our lifestyle that impacted that. And so it'll be really interesting to see as we move forward um, what those numbers look like for 2021 and 2022. How many people would you say, Chrissy, are affected by heart disease? Estimates are as high as like one in three of us. You mm-hmm. know, when we look at specifically at, um, you know, the contributing factors to heart disease and, and those contributing chronic conditions, things like high blood pressure, for example, there are, you know, millions and millions of Americans that are affected by that specific condition, which is a is a contributing factor to heart disease. So, you know, there are literally millions of us all over the country that have one or two of those contributing factors, whether it's high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, maybe you're diabetic. You know, obviously, these are things that all contribute to that risk factor. When it comes to the discussion of heart attacks and cardiac Mm -hmm. arrest, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of confusion as to what is what. So what's the difference between a heart attack and then a cardiac arrest? Great question. So I like to think about it in terms of plumbing systems versus electrical systems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think about your standard heart attack, that is really a plumbing problem. So Mm. the heart vessels um, that lead to the heart muscle um, become blocked in some way, shape or form, whether that's a calcium buildup or, you know, some other kind of cholesterol-related plaque, Mm -hmm. you know, that is a plumbing problem. And when those arteries become clogged, it restricts blood flow to a specific section of your heart, and that causes that heart muscle to be damaged or even, you know, permanently damaged to the point where um, part of that heart muscle can, you know, basically die. Now, a cardiac arrest is an electrical problem. That means that the electrical system, something has gone haywire in the electrical system of your heart that, you know, the impulses that keep it beating and your heart stops beating. So we need to have 
the electrical system restarted. And that's why AEDs, automated external defibrillators, are so important because delivering that electric charge to restart the heart can get that electrical system back up and running. Now, it's entirely possible that if you have a heart attack, a plumbing problem, it can cause an electrical problem in, in your heart as well. So, for example, you know, you think about when you have a plumbing problem in your house, sometimes it can cause electrical challenges, mm-hmm. right? So if you are experiencing a severe enough heart attack, it can cause um, a cardiac arrest. But the two don't always go hand in hand. Chrissy Meyer again with the American Heart Association. Now, let's talk about those undetected heart diseases. Mm -hmm. What are those? High blood pressure, for Mm -hmm. example. That's often known as the silent killer because high blood pressure very seldom has any really noticeable symptoms other than if you're just a regular, get your blood pressure checked regularly. High blood pressure can lead to a number of complications, including heart attack and stroke. And so that right there is one of the most prevalent heart attack or heart disease risk factors. Something else that sometimes goes undetected. We're doing a lot better job of it now, but you know, a lot of times some congenital heart defects, mm. things that you're born with can go undetected for years. And it's it's when you become an adult that those problems can, you know, rise up and, and cause some complications. Usually they're caught very early on, sometimes even before the baby is born, we can catch those um, congenital heart defects. The biggest thing is when we think about those, you know, coronary artery disease, the most common type of heart disease, that sometimes can go undetected. You may have some symptoms and some things that you have noticed for years, but you just brush off. So really the only way to detect those things is by going in and having a regular visit with your primary care provider, or even going in to um, your local health system and getting a heart screening done. They're very beneficial and can often detect some of those problems long before they get to a point where they become acute. Women are specifically affected by heart disease, which is why Go Red for Women was created. So yeah. why don't you tell us about that campaign? I know the event already has passed, but why yeah. don't you tell us about it? Well, and we celebrate Go Red for Women all month long mm-hmm. in February. As you said, heart disease is the number one killer of women. Mm-hmm. It takes more lives than all forms of cancer combined. The Go Red for Women movement was started 19 years ago. So we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary next year, which wow. is very exciting. Yeah, Go Red for Women was started because... We were seeing more women die from heart disease than any other cause, yet women weren't really aware that heart disease was the number one killer. So first and foremost, Go Red was started to raise awareness of that and help women understand that you know, they needed to pay more attention to this. The other piece of Go Red for Women that's so important and has really, really the thing that has saved the most lives is understanding that Research was needed to know that women's hearts are different than men's. Mm -hmm. We have different symptoms. So when a woman has a heart attack, her symptoms might be a little bit more subtle. They're not the same. In addition, women require some maybe slightly different treatment than men. And really no research up until 19 years ago, there was very little research that had been done to understand these mysteries about the woman's heart. Go Red for Women has funded that and funded that life-saving research over the last almost 20 years. So what are those stats for women and how does that differ for the men? Well, again, it's it's about roughly one in three women will mm-hmm. be affected by heart disease in their lifetime. So when we think about that, it's, it's roughly the same as for men. But yet when we think about someone having a heart attack mm-hmm. or when heart attacks are portrayed on TV, it's usually, you know, an older white man who's having that heart attack. 
attack. And so, you know, predominantly that's that's the cultural, you know, the cultural icon. We don't think about women having heart attacks. And frankly, women don't think about having heart attacks. You're going to keep the celebration going, specifically yeah. offering a unique lunch program for businesses around the Sioux Falls area. Why don't you yeah. tell us about it? Yeah. So this is something that we've done for years, but we offer lunch and learn programs. So if you would like someone from the American Heart Association to come in and do, you know, a short brown bag lunch program mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about, you know, topics related to improving heart health, or, you know, we also are offering through the month of, of February hands only CP our trainings to businesses and organizations. So if you want to have us come in and, and teach um, teach your staff or teach your group how to do hands-only CPR, we can do that. Obviously, there's been a lot of different stories recently about heart attacks and cardiac arrest because of Damar Hamlin yeah, yeah. from the Bills. And this luncheon kind of emphasizes that situation and what you can do in case you're ever in a situation like that. Absolutely. We know, um, you know, the silver lining to this horrible tragedy that happened with DeMar Hamill is that people are understanding that CPR can save a life. Mm-hmm. And by having those people that are standing by that know what to do and act, that is the biggest difference maker in whether someone survives a sudden cardiac arrest or not. And so, you know, having people understand that what they can do and how they can do it makes a huge difference. Um with the DeMar Hamlin thing, you know, it's been such a whirlwind since yeah. that Monday night football game. Um, but the other thing that's been wonderful about this is that DeMar himself has been helping to raise awareness. You yeah. know, he issued on social media his um, three for heart challenge mm-hmm. and basically is challenging people to, you know, number one, learn hands only CPR, yep. you know, number two, you know, donate to the American Heart Association. And number three, challenge three other people to do the same thing. Anybody who wants more information on that, you can go to our website, heart.org slash three. So let's talk about how important it is to keep up with your health. And you were talking about how a lot of times on TV, the white males mm-hmm. are portrayed as someone getting the heart attacks. Mm-hmm. What comes in my mind, the reboot of Sex and the City with mm-hmm. big Mm-hmm. On the pedal tongue, riding yeah. the bike, and everybody thought right away, oh my gosh, he's riding a bike, and he had a heart attack after riding the bike. And I think a lot of people need to understand that character just lived a different lifestyle, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And what we also know is that, you know, and obviously we're delving into the realm of fantasy. He did eat a lot of red meat, mm-hmm. which led to obviously his initial heart troubles. But then afterwards, you know, he was he changed his lifestyle. Yeah. He was, you know, eating more salmon as opposed to steak. He was eating more fruits and vegetables, right? We saw that in his character. And had he not had had those heart healthy habits after his initial heart scare, he might not have lived as long as he did. So Mm. we might not have seen him in the reboot. Yes. Theoretically, you know, that's something that's really important is that, you know, when someone does experience an acute heart event, you know, it's very important that they go through what's known as cardiac rehab. Mm -hmm. And this basically teaches them how to be physically active again in a safe setting. And so, you know, it's so important, no matter what, to find those activities that you can do that do improve your cardiovascular fitness, regardless of whether or not you've had an acute event or not. So it's really important just to keep moving. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving is one of the single best things that you can do for Mm -hmm. your heart. And it oftentimes I've heard... um, 
I've heard medical professionals say it can erase a lot of wrongs, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we're not perfect, if we're not eating all of those fruits and vegetables every day, if we're, you know, maybe slacking off and, you know, maybe enjoying a little too much ice cream from time to time or pizza (laughs) for, yeah, Um, you know, exercise is kind of that great thing that you can do. But again, it's so important to, you know, visit with your healthcare provider. Mm understand what you know what works for your body the other thing i would highlight is really thinking about nutrition when we think about nutrition obviously we want to be plant forward so we want to be concentrating on making sure we're having those fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and then lean proteins and that's something to really kind of think about you know we talked about fish is a is a great lean protein Mm -hmm. but you know we we do live in beef country and so there are several lean cuts of beef so instead of maybe searching out for that you know, fattier cut of beef, let's let's enjoy a sirloin steak or a tenderloin steak or look for those lean cuts of beef that can tr- contribute to your overall heart health. Chrissy Meyer again with the American Heart Association. We talked about the COVID numbers earlier, and obviously we know a lot more about COVID than we did back in 2020. And there have been some studies that show that people that have had COVID, it can affect their hearts in the future. So can you provide us some information? The thing is, is we're still learning. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the data that we have that I mentioned earlier that from the statistical update was came in from 2020. And right away during the pandemic, the American Heart Association did start funding research into the effects of COVID-19. And so that data is still coming in. We're still learning so much more. Um, But the thing that we are really understanding about COVID-19 more than anything is that that pandemic really amplified inequalities um, and inequities in certain populations. Mm -hmm. It definitely did affect people of color more than it affected other populations. Mm -hmm. And we have to look at the reasons why. And some of that is systemic. Some of that has to do with policy. And understanding what those um, systemic inequities and systemic problems Chrissy, how can people find out more information? The single best place is to go to our website at heart.org. Awesome. Once again, Chrissy Meyer, thanks so much for joining us a bit this morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.